pick up from verse 12. If you don't know the story so far, where have you been? Uh, but you're really welcome to pick it up with us now and uh, get yourselves a Bible or look online and you can read the first five chapters and catch up with where we are up to. Um, it, this is a little uh, group of verses that often get skipped over. Um, it's just a bit of a summary passage of what's been going on. Wow, packed with importance for us this morning. Verse 12, apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. Say many, please. Well done. Among the people and all believers used to meet together in Solomon's colonnade. No one else dared join them, even though uh, they were highly regarded by the people. Nevertheless, more and more men and women believed in the Lord and were added to their number. As a result, people brought the sick into the streets, laid them on beds and mats, so that at least Peter's shadow might fall on some of them as he passed by. Crowds gathered also from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those tormented by evil spirits. And say this last line with me, all of them were healed. You didn't quite catch me there. I need you to say it with me. Let's say it again. All of them were healed. Um, I've been wrestling with this a little bit, but I'm just going to upset some of you. I, I felt the Holy Spirit speak to me as we were praying on Tuesday and told me I preached by the door. So I'm going to do that here. Hello. Nice to see you. Hope I'm not making anyone too nervous. Just going to open that as well. Just push. Takes a bigger push than you think to get out of here, doesn't it? Hey? Well done. If you're a guest here, you're welcome to leave any time, by the way. Um, so I just, I'm sorry if you're going to get a crick in your neck, but maybe that's the first word of knowledge for this morning. Um, I felt the Holy Spirit say we were praying with the staff team on Tuesday, go preach by the door on Sunday. So I'm just being open. And that's what I'm, that's what I'm doing. Um, as I stand here, just, just remind you, we, we've had two Sundays with the passages that have been opened up where the Lord spoke to us about his holiness. Our, our requirement to be a holy people um, in the previous story in Acts. And then last week, Steve Brading here, Sunday night, just speaking powerfully about the holiness of God. The danger as we move through Acts, which is wonderful, is that we just miss some of the important things God's saying. And he's speaking to us about holiness. Let's not miss that. Some of those things God was saying particularly um, last week. Um, we were praying on, on Tuesday with the staff team and, and um, just felt God speaking through 1 Corinthians 16.9 where Paul says to the church in Corinth, an effective door for ministry has been opened for us. So I'm going to stay, he says, till Pentecost. Um, I'm staying beyond Pentecost. Um, an effective door for ministry open for us in Crawley. Um, I felt the Lord say there are all kinds of reasons for us to stay in our seats, all kinds of excuses we can make, all kinds of but, but, but that I can give. Um, but where God opens a kingdom door, he invites us to walk through it in his strength. Let me hear you say amen, please. So I'm just going to position myself by the door this morning. And it's a bit of a prophetic physical act. And maybe you're feeling the same. Sorry, is there a draft there? Is that all right? There is a draft. Okay. I'll close one of them. I do need to have one open because I'm going to be obedient to the Lord. But I do want to be concerned about, about you as well, Jill. Um, so um, you may have heard us using the phrase the last few months, particularly since Easter, where we've been praying week by week for any who are sick, that we are being deliberate about healing. Um, actually, we're not going after healing per se. Uh, what we're doing is going after the beautiful promises and the provision of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're actually going after the presence of Jesus. We're not, we're not pursuing healing. We're pursuing Jesus. And uh, it was so helpful what, what Nick shared uh, earlier. In fact, what Chris and Flo shared as well. But Nick's word, uh, uh, healing is so much broader 
than just a physical change in my body, though we value that and we're grateful to God for that as well. When we speak about healing, and this passage highlights it for us today, we're not just speaking about our bodies, though we are. We're speaking about our minds, our emotions, healing of our relationships, healing from demonic oppression in, in deliverance. And healing is one of the demonstrations of the kingdom of God, the rule and reign of Jesus Christ, of the, the increase of his spread of authority. Um, in Acts of the Apostles, it calls uh, healing miracles signs and wonders. They are signs. If you go out on the streets now, you'll see all kinds. I can see signs from here. What do signs do? They point you in a direction. And signs and wonders point us in the direction of Jesus Christ. Who, who are signs for? Well, they, they are for us here in the room. But we already know Jesus, don't we, most of us? The signs primarily, when it comes to healing, are for the people out there in the streets who don't yet know Jesus, who haven't yet been pointed to him. Um, I, I love the miracle in, in uh, Acts 3, the first one in Acts that we uh, got to, where uh, Peter and John are going up. Uh, they're on their way to church, basically, up to the temple gates where the church was meeting. They saw a man who'd been disabled since birth. He's begging for money. Um, it would be a scene we could imagine from the middle of Crawley or any other town in England. He looks down at him and says, I haven't got any money to give you, but in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. And the man's feet and ankles are immediately strengthened. Uh, and he goes walking and leaping, praising God, following Jesus, uh, uh, and joining this new community. I think we, le we are learning a conclusion from that kind of miracle and from the ones that follow, particularly today uh, in this Acts story. Um, we're learning about where miracles are primarily aimed at, who miracles are primarily aimed at. Uh, when I think of miracles, I always think of seals, you know, the big fat seals that you find on the, on, on the beach. Can you imagine a seal now? Um, seals can move around on the land if you've seen them. Um, they, can, they can kind of shrug themselves along a little bit. I went to a seal. Anyone do a seal impression? No, okay. That would be quite good to do now. Uh, oh, there, there's a big fat one on the screen now. Look. Seals can move around on the land just, just fine. They can get about a bit. In fact, they can move quite fast. But you see what they're really made for when they slide into the water and start to move effortlessly. These kinds of miracles we're reading about in Acts of the Apostles and, and when we're beginning to see signs of healing miracles amongst us too. Hey, they're great in the church. We, we love them. We value them. We thank God for them. We ask for more. But, but having learned some stuff in here, these miracles are designed to give a broken and thirsty world a taste of Jesus, the beautiful presence of Jesus. That's what they were really uh, made for. And, and, and so in Acts, whenever we see miracles, that's what we're looking for and that's what we're learning as we study these, these passages. We want to be more like the church that Jesus Christ commissioned. Therefore, I think that more miracles need to happen out through these open doors rather than just here in this room. Um, at, we have a, if you've been around us, you may have heard us talk and pray about this. We have a, a goal uh, for the year 2020 uh, that we may have the opportunity to pray for over 1,500 people outside of the church. Um, that means that you and I have to grow in deliberate obedience and confidence uh, in the kind of stuff that God is teaching us. It means our kids down there in kids' church. It means our teenagers up there in the solid room down the, the corridor. It means each of us full of the Holy Spirit as we've been talking 
this morning and alert and aware to the opportunities to love our neighbours by offering to pray for them and see what Jesus might do. If that's going to be where we end up at the end of 2020, that kind of behaviour, this kind of behaviour in Acts has to become our sort of default setting rather than this kind of behaviour. Um, just going to open it a crack deal. It's important. I'm being obedient to the Holy Spirit. Um, Honestly, for me, it's not yet my default behavior. I, I, I prepared this word on Thursday, and uh, I came home from the office, and about 6.30 on Thursday, there's a, my front doorbell rings. It's Peter, my next-door neighbor. We have a nice little chat. He's taken a parcel for me that was delivered while we are out. Thank you very much. How are you, Peter? Not doing so well. He says, I've got a real trouble with my stomach right now. I said, I'm really sorry to hear that. He said to me, don't be sorry. What can you do about it? Uh, and now, you know how this story should end, don't you? I should say, Peter, I can't do anything about it. Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have. Peter, I'm a Christian. Can I pray for you? What I said was, Peter, I'm really sorry to hear that. I hope you get better soon. And I shut the door and thought, what are you doing? And I was crying out to God Thursday evening, Lord, this is not yet my default setting. We've had loads of stories recently. Every week we've had a story of healing and breakthrough. We thank God for that. Friends, I've still got stuff to learn. I'm telling you a story of, is it failure? I don't know. It's not failure if you learn from it. And please, Jesus, help me learn from it. But I'm just sharing my normal life in, in, in the recognition that if we're going to grow into the kind of community that we see in Acts that takes seriously the commission of Jesus to go outside, we've got some stuff to learn together. Wow, I haven't got to my sermon yet. Um, We've seen an increase in healing since Easter, probably because we've been just more deliberate in sharing stories and more consistent in praying for the sick. Um, we've been celebrating more and we've been praying more. Funnily enough, we've seen more healing breakthrough. I, I think our, our setting is that we feel this stuff doesn't happen too much in our kinds of churches. Well, do you know what? It's happening more than we realize. And I think it would happen more if we just got filled with the Holy Spirit and we went and lived authentic lives as disciples of Jesus and took him at his word. I'm loving the amens I'm getting from your, behind your back here. Um, that's good news. I, I woke up this morning and, and I had this phrase in my mind as I was considering this passage. When it comes to healing, I, I don't feel in any way confident. And I, I certainly don't feel in any way competent but I am going to be obedient, okay? I don't feel confident. I haven't got anything. I don't feel competent. I've got no extra qualification to the rest of you other than maybe I've tried and failed a little bit more than some of you, but I am going to be obedient to what the Holy Spirit's telling me to do. That's the posture that we are lining ourselves. It's a position that we're giving ourselves. That's why I'm standing by the door this morning. And that was certainly the posture of this new community in Acts, that they said we're going to be obedient in seeing what the Holy Spirit wants to do with regard to healing. Are you with me so far? Yes. That's good news. So verse 12, the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders amongst the people. Amongst the people, they weren't hidden away. They weren't in their buildings. And again, we've prayed for and thank God for the churches around Crawley this morning. But you'll notice that none of us are meeting in the open air, not just because the weather's often rubbish in England, but because we're in our churches doing things amongst one another. This meeting of the church was in Solomon's colonnade. It would be like us having our Sunday morning in County Mall. It was kind of a covered walkway on the side of the temple. It's where the crowds were. It was a marketplace in the town. And we shouldn't be surprised that the apostles performed many signs and wonders amongst the people. After all, in Acts 
4.30, um, our teenagers led us through this passage last, last month when we were at this point in the Acts story. Um, the, the first persecution had just broken out against the church. Peter and John had spent a night in prison, had been told, don't preach any longer in the name of Jesus. And in Acts 4.30, the church gathered the next day and they prayed, um, God, stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant Jesus. What a prayer that is. Um, what courage and boldness they're praying for as they invite the Holy Spirit to change them to a new kind of default setting. We shouldn't be surprised that by Acts chapter 5, these kinds of things are going on. Be careful what you pray when you come to a prayer meeting. We've asked in accordance with his will. We've prayed the same prayers. And with such prayers, there simply requires uh, of the following faith and obedience from us. We just determine, God, I'm going to position myself where you may work, where you may answer some of these prayers through an ordinary believer like me. That's outside the church. Sometimes it's literally on my front doorstep, as I discovered on Thursday evening. I won't spend any time in verse 13 and 14. I inadvertently preached a little on them uh, a couple of weeks ago when we were in the previous passage. Um, I got carried away and I think it was helpful. But you can listen again if you missed that. People were afraid to join them, but nonetheless, crowds joined them. Um, if you remember the previous story with Ananias, um, what God was building was a distinctive, reverent, worshipful, holy community where there was a true fear of, of God, where there was a genuine holiness in worship, um, in the way they lived together, the way they loved one another, in the way they sacrificially, joyfully gave their money, and in this expectation that God would do miracles amongst them. What grows out of that kind of community as people are joining them is a, what I call a kind of kingdom tipping point. Just a remarkable kingdom tipping point where it seems like the weight of the prayers suddenly tips over the edge. I remember playing on a seesaw in the local park with my big sister uh, when I was a child. She used to love just jumping on the seesaw when I was smaller than her and she would flip me up in the air and it would always end in, in tears. Um, somehow it was always my fault, uh, but I think that's what little brothers are, are for. There's a kingdom tipping point here. Healing begins to break out from, from just inside the Christian community and out onto the streets. Um, we, we use the word revival quite a lot in our kinds of churches. We use it unhelpfully at times. We use it to talk about exciting meetings where we meet with Jesus powerfully. We want more of those. But true revival in biblical terms and down through church history are where what God is doing powerfully in the church spills out into the surrounding community. It's a community outside of Christ that begins to get saturated with the presence of Jesus. What we see in this little summary passage in Acts 5 is true revival. The whole community. I mean, Peter's shadow, he's just walking past. Could you imagine walking through Queen Square on a sunny day with the fountains? And as you walk past people sitting outside Starbucks or Costa, your shadow catches them and they jump up and say, wow, what happened? I just felt the power of God through me and I've been healed. That's, it's remarkable. It may be remarkable because you think the sun never shines long enough for me to have a shadow in the middle of the court. You've got to go to Brazil for those kind of miracles with Gabby, uh, where the sun shines, then you can have a shadow. Okay, maybe if Peter had been operating in, in Crawley in the first century, he would have walked past and raindrops from his winter coat flicked on people as he walked past and they were healed. The, the magic is not in the shadow, it's the presence of Jesus that's so strongly pouring out over the community. Extraordinary miracles. 
Seems crazy to say extraordinary miracles. A miracle is extraordinary in itself, but these are extraordinary miracles. And we see them elsewhere in Scripture. At some point later this year, perhaps, we'll get to Acts 19.12, where uh, the Apostle Paul, um, people take his handkerchiefs and they're made well uh, in faith. Again, the hanky isn't magic. There are no magic hankies, um, but it's the power of Jesus Christ. We saw it earlier, Matthew 9.20, Jesus uh, the, the lady who's been bleeding for 20 years, unclean, full of shame. If I can just reach in, she just touches the back of his cloak. Instantly, the power of Jesus goes through her body and she's made well. Mark 6:56, an amazing summary passage in the Gospels about Jesus. All who touched his cloak in the towns and countryside were healed. It's remarkable. So we see these kinds of miracles from time to time. Um, I, I believe that in the, in the church planting um, kingdom-extending climate that we see in Acts. It really doesn't matter what your sickness is. It doesn't matter what your, what your disability is. It doesn't matter what kind of demonic oppression you're under. It doesn't matter whether some strong curse has been put on your life. It didn't matter in that first century. It doesn't matter today what, what magic arts or pagan worship has bound you. One encounter with Jesus Christ, with his authority and with his greater power liberates you completely. That's what was happening here in Acts 5. I've never lived in a climate like this. I've read about it. I've traveled to one or two places where we've almost felt like we're touching it. I've never lived in this kind of environment here in the UK, though there have been times and seasons um, like it. I remember one time about 18 months ago, I was um, praying uh, with a guy. A couple came to the front of the church meeting uh, and they were crying out to God to conceive a child. They'd been unable to conceive. Uh, I just went, uh, went over uh, to pray for them. And I, I just put my arm around the guy and began to pray. I hadn't even got my first sentence out and he threw my hand off his neck. He said, I'm healed. I said, I said whoa, whoa, hang on a minute. I, I was praying for you to conceive a child. He said, no, I'm waiting to see a consultant. I've been months with, with neck pain. I'm not being able to lift my neck. And immediately you put your hand on my neck. I was healed. It was like a Peter shadow moment. I mean, I didn't even know anything about it. And in a moment, we've just, we've just touched it at times. And yet we've never walked in it consistently like these guys did here. It's like there's some kind of atmosphere of faith. Um, there were places we read about in the Gospels where it was easy for Jesus to perform miracles. I'd love for us to, as we go week after week, just faithfully praying, faithfully worshipping, faithfully loving one another, welcoming the Holy Spirit. I'd love for us to cultivate this kind of atmosphere of faith where people just come to Jesus, like in this Acts story. I uh, love the story in, in Mark 1, 33, where I think Jesus has healed Peter's mother-in-law, and then she gets up and does dinner for them all. It's a good healing miracle. Um, I've got a mother-in-law a bit like that. Um, she's, she's great at doing dinner um, for, for many. And, uh, and then it says, um, Jesus healed everyone that night that came from the surrounding village. Just everyone. It, one miracle. Dinner from the mother-in-law, and then everyone who crowds into the house gets healed that night. It's an, it's an atmosphere where it's easy for God to move. Maybe uh, you remember the story, Matthew, uh, uh, Matthew uh, 14, 14, feeding of the 5,000. Many of us know that story. Yeah, Jesus had compassion. He fed the crowd. But if you read before, he'd all, it says he spent all day healing all of them. So not only were the 5,000 fed at the end of the day, but he'd spent all day healing their bodies, their minds, their sicknesses. What we're finding in the Bible are these little microclimates 
these, these, these cultures, these atmospheres of faith. It's the very opposite of Mark 4.40 where it says that, that Jesus couldn't do any miracles amongst them in his hometown because of their unbelief. We, that, that's not who we want to be. We want to be an Acts 5 community where it's easy for Jesus to work. And my contention is, friends, that to an extent, don't hear what I'm not saying, to an extent, it seems we get to choose through our attitude our obedience, through our willingness to say, hey, Peter, I'm sorry to hear that. Can I pray for you? Uh, through our posture, through our positioning in the right places. We, we get to choose to an extent whether we'll have that climate or not. To faith or unbelief, we decide. And then verse 16, crowds came from the surrounding towns and villages. Again, I've rarely seen this. I remember one time we had the healing evangelist Ram Babu with us in Manchester when we were planting churches and uh, one night, a man was um, healed out of a, after years in a wheelchair. He got up and was dancing. I was leading worship that night in a big crowd, and he was dancing around on the platform. It was just, it was genuinely awesome. Uh, two nights later, there was a whole row of people. I went down to say, hi, who are you? Where are you from? We've come from Glasgow. They said, we heard about the guy who got out of the wheelchair. This was in Manchester. They'd come, I don't know, driven four hours to come and be with us. Crowds came from the surrounding towns and villages. I've, I've rarely seen it like that in this country. Remember, uh, probably six, seven years ago now, my last church in East Grinstead, we'd, we'd just had a little run of extraordinary miracles. Um, we'd seen a guy healed after 30 years of prescription painkillers and spine fusion surgery after a fall he'd had skiing. And uh, in about the space of, uh, of about 12 hours, uh, he was completely healed and, and remains healed today. We were sharing that story the following Sunday and a guy responded for prayer. He had a ring of, I've told you this story before, a guy called Peter, a ring of tumors around his stomach. looked like he was pregnant. Uh, he was going in for surgery uh, that, that night to the hospital Sunday night for an operation on Monday. Uh, by the time they scanned him a second or third time on the Monday, they said, you've got no tumors. Uh, you'll have some breakfast and go home. Call your wife for a lift. It was extraordinary. The following Sunday, we shared that story. We welcomed the Holy Spirit. We said, if you're sick, just ask him now to come and touch you. Uh, a guy shouted out and ran to the back of the hall, took off his shoe and sock. Uh, some of us went to see what was happening. He'd had his foot crushed by some plant machinery on a work site and his foot was all misshapen. He was waiting uh, for some healing to happen so they could then re-break his foot and start to put some pins and metal and all that kind of stuff in. And uh, he'd say, God, um, I, I don't care what my foot looks like, but I, I, I just want to be free from this pain. He shouted out in the meeting, because his, we watched his foot moving around and starting to change shape and all the pain left completely. The following week, this was four weeks of miracles. The following week, this is, down, this is not in Brazil. This is not in, in, in Zambia with Joseph and Lillian Wheeler. This is down the road in little old East Grinstead. The following Sunday, there were some people sat on the front row who were looking a bit nervous. I went up to say hello, doing that good pastor thing. Hello, how are you? Where are you from? Have I seen you here before? Some of you will have heard me say that. And they said, we've come down from London. Hang on, let me just, I, I wrote it down at the time. Um, let me remember what, what they said. They said, uh, yeah, we've traveled down from London because we've heard that there are healing miracles here. And my initial reaction was, what, in our church? <laughs> and then I thought, no, God, you're doing something. Um, here, in Acts 5, crowds from surrounding towns and villages. Do you know what? We, we ebbed and flowed a little bit. And within a few weeks, we were back to normal, whatever normal is. And we're grateful to God for normal. But friends, the world is desperate 
They're thirsty. They're longing for someone in Jesus Christ who can not only deal with the pain in their bodies, but also awaken the longing in their hearts for, for true life. And healing in Jesus' name opens the doors to this. Just going to make some room to pray in a moment. If you've got words of knowledge, I'm going to ask you to join me and we'll share them briefly before we, we pray. I was praying the other day. I was reminded of um, my, my dear old nan who went to be with Jesus uh, probably five years ago now. Uh, lived all her life in Brighton. When I was a little boy, Nan used to work at the Metropole Hotel on the, on the switchboard, putting you through caller, uh, plugging in uh, you know, telephones, all that sort of stuff. Uh, some of you under the age of 30 are thinking, what are you talking about? Um, so this was the days when telephones used to be connected to cables that went into the wall. Um, okay, my Nan was on the switchboard at the Metropole, and the Metropole in those days, it may still have, I don't know, had a big, heavy set of revolving wooden doors, very ornate, and uh, guys in top hats that stood by the doors to welcome you. They didn't used to welcome me as a little boy. Uh, they were really heavy um, and they took quite a shove to get them going. But once you got them going, they were like those old roundabouts in kids' playgrounds that are too dangerous to be allowed anymore. They've been decommissioned. Once you got those revolving doors going, boy, they went spinning. It was, it was probably where they got the idea for the Hadron Collider from, I, I think, because they, they picked up some serious centrifugal force until the guy with the top hat would pull you out and clip you around the ear. I was praying this week about revolving doors and, and these kinds of healing miracles in Jesus' name uh, produce a revolving door kind of action. The, the town comes in as well as the church going out. And as we're praying and running up towards 2020, we're pushing on a door thinking, is it going to start moving? Well, we see in this kind of climate, the door begins to move. Uh, and the run-up to 2020 is simply about us beginning to grow in obedience. C to come, come and play in the doors with me, church. That's what I'm asking you to do. Let's see if we can build up some momentum that involves not only the church going out, but the world outside us coming in because they think, I might just find Jesus here. And please let me hear an amen to that statement. Well done. And then finally, before we pray, healing and deliverance is mentioned in verse 16. Again, Nick was helpful earlier when we're talking about healing. Physical healing, emotional healing, psychological healing, demonic he freedom from demonic pressure, spiritual healing, relational healing. Uh, whatever diagnosis has been spoken over you in whatever way, whether it's by a counselor, by a doctor, by a consultant, okay, these are all areas of healing where the victory of Jesus can release us uh, and where we can have confidence to look to his authority and for his power to be demonstrated. All of them were healed here in this passage. I don't know what the limits are, whether there are any limits in healing. We've never got to that particular ceiling yet. Um, but I do know from reading these kinds of stories and meeting with believers around the world who've gone further than us that we've got more to grow in. And so I think we'll just keep going, church, if that's okay, until we bang our heads against the ceiling if there is one. Um, what do we do with this? Well, we, we start and finish on having a simple kingdom understanding for healing. That comes from the Bible. We're informed by the pages of the Bible, not by our experience. Told a lot of stories this morning, things that have gone well, things that have not gone so well. Neither the good things or the bad things inform our theology on healing, but a worldview from the Bible does that. Um, the kingdom of God, of Jesus Christ, is here. Joe prayed it earlier. Jesus has died. He's been raised to life. He's ascended into heaven. He's poured out his spirit. He has all authority. The kingdom of God is here. It's at work. But... It's not yet fully here. Jesus Christ has yet to return and come back and finally put all things under his feet. We're living in two time zones, as it were. We're living in between the two. We live in the middle 
But our theology must be informed by the kingdom, not by our experience. Let me finish with a couple of quotes. I was reading uh, Alexander Venter, who's a vineyard pastor, writes so well on healing. He puts it this way. We cannot dictate and control healing, yet we cannot accept or surrender to sickness. We pray with confident authority and expectation of healing for everyone, yet we are honest and humble, trusting God with the results as only God can heal. We do both at the same time. I, I think I might print that off and stick it on my fridge and do a copy for all of you as well. Let me just say it again. We cannot dictate and control healing, yet we cannot accept or surrender to sickness. We pray with confident authority and expectation of healing for everyone, yet we're honest and humble, trusting God with the results as only God can heal. We do both at the same time. That's the climate we live in until the day that Jesus returns. This Acts church weren't living in a different era. They're in the same age as us. Jesus had ascended. He poured out his spirit. He hadn't yet returned. It's the same conditions there under to the conditions that we were in now. And yet they've experienced more than we have. Therefore, we can conclude logically there's more for us to grow in. But we do have two boundaries we can finish with. And some emphases from groups of Christians can say, no, we, we can have it all now. So everyone gets healed. If you're not healed, there's something wrong. Too much kingdom now. Uh, Over-realized kingdom now, I guess. That leads us to arrogance. Man, we don't want that. Leads us to presumption. A kind of slot machine uh, God. It's harmful to people. It means we demand healing on tap. Just turn the tap on. Just come to church. You're going to get healed. That's too much kingdom now. Too much kingdom future. Uh, Jesus isn't here yet, so we've got nothing. Now that leads to a pessimism. Uh, at least to a fatalism, at least to us praying. Man, I've heard myself pray these kinds of prayers. It's rife in the British church. Lord, if it's your will, then uh, would you do something? But I, I don't really expect you to because I don't really expect to see the kingdom until the day Jesus returns. Friends, we're living in between the now and the not yet. Not too much kingdom now and not too much kingdom future. Ventnor says, finally, we have to push through in faith and live in both kingdom views. Persevering faith optimistic realism, dependence on God, discerning the moment, honoring people's dignity, respecting the unknown, and leaving the results to God. I think that's a really good place to position ourselves in this doorway for healing both inside and outside the church in the kind of revolving door of the kingdom that we're involved in. We have to push through in faith, live in both kingdom views, persevering faith, optimistic realism, dependence on God, discerning the moment, honoring people's dignity, respecting the unknown and leaving the results to God. I think in that kind of climate, I can embrace the mystery of why we don't see immediate breakthroughs with some people. I can remain joyful and happy and confident in God. He hasn't changed. And yet at the same time, refuse to back down and give in in the face of sickness and impossibility and pain. So how do we grow from this? Uh, we're going to pray now. There's lots more we'll talk about on this because we'll hit it many more times in the Acts of the Apostles. How do we get from a standing start towards our 2020 intentions? Again, these Acts stories, they're not hero stories for our admiration. They are disciple stories for our imitation. Have we got that? These are not hero stories. Oh, I really admire those guys in uh, Acts. really admire that church, Biro's church in Brazil. Amazing. No, no, these are disciples we're to imitate. Paul says, imitate me. Let's do that. So we're going to pray for the sick more and more. We're going to have to overcome some fears, some excuses. We're not confident in ourselves, remember. We're not competent in ourselves, but we are going to be 
obedience as we get filled with the Holy Spirit. Wow. Is there anyone here with words of knowledge? Just wanted to share where the... Tim, come out, please. Thank you. Anyone else? Just, uh, we're going to make room to pray. Thanks, Rach. Anyone else at all? Um, Oh, go wherever you like. Share them if you feel you need to share them from the front. You go to the other door if you want, that's fine. Um, Joe's got the other microphone there if you need it. So just share where you, words of knowledge, the Bible says there are gifts, grace gifts, the Holy Spirit gifts to the church. There are lots of other gifts. Uh, one of them is the gift of spiritual gift of preaching. We heard the gift of tongues and interpretations earlier in our worship time. Words of knowledge are words that, that the Holy Spirit gives to people about situations in our lives that, that Jesus wants to touch we believe right now. So I just asked some of these guys earlier, can you ask the Holy Spirit whether he has anything for us this morning? So just tell us what the Holy Spirit's told you. Um, there's someone here with a hearing problem. Um, their ears are just going pop, pop, pop all the time. And it's not just a, a physical healing God wants to bring, but it's a spiritual healing as well because as your ears are unblocked, he yeah. will be talking to you so much clearer than he ever has before. Yeah, that's great. Thank you, Tim. Okay. Just, sorry, just, um, is there anyone who's responding to it? I'm here with a hearing problem this morning. Don't be shy. You're amongst friends. Just pop your hand up. We'd love to pray for you in a moment. I know there'll be someone here because the Holy Spirit's spoken to Tim. Okay, come and see us in a moment. Rachel. Um, yeah, when uh, sort of Steve asked at the beginning, um, he, uh, I was praying about it in the worship, and um, I really got uh, the word broken heart. Um, and so God sort of expanded on that, and it's very much broken hearts between people who've got um, broken relationships. Um, so people who might have a broken relationship with a parent um, or with their child or amongst siblings, um, and precious friendships as well. That was the other one that I got, was very much people who've got a very precious wow. friendship that was broken, yeah. that God wants to bring healing into That's those. That's beautiful. Healing amongst relationships is one of the most beautiful, powerful things the Lord can do. That's, that's great. Thank you, Rachel. Tracy. I had um, the story of Naaman. Um, is this working? Yeah, you go for it. Okay. <laughs> um, and how the whole story, I don't know, it, the story is in two kings. I love um, how we can read those um, stories. So, so just remember two kings five. But basically he was told to go and um, clean him. He had leprosy, a skin disease. So if you've got a skin disease... Um, maybe that's one of the things the Lord's saying this morning. But um, he was told to go and bathe himself seven times in the dirtiest river in Israel. And he, by the prophet Elisha, and he said, can't I go to these two nicer rivers, whose names I can't remember, um, because that would be a more pleasant place to go and bathe. And I, I believe there's two things from that. One is... Um, you know, if the Lord has told you to go and do something for healing, then go and do it. And mm. if he's told you to go and do it seven times, don't just do it six. <laughs> okay? That, it's really basic. It's in the Bible. Yeah, yeah. But if, if Naaman hadn't gone seven times, would he have been healed? I don't believe he would. The scripture's very clear. The Lord said seven times. Um, so... That's there we go. That, that, um, that's a word for me. I'm responding to that. Thank you very much. Yes. Yeah, that's good. There yes. may be others as well. Um, is there someone here who's, um, I, there's a problem. I don't know what that part of your body is. I think it's a lady. There's a, I see a scar and pain from an internal op. I believe the Lord wants to heal you and, and take the pain away. 
love to pray with you in a, in a moment, please. Lewis. <laughs> so polite. Morning. Um, as Steve was just talking, when his neighbour came round and he said, well, there's nothing I can do. I hope you get better soon. And then he said, what struck me was Steve said, oh, did I fail? Actually, mm, no. The response or the, the thought was maybe he had. But there's a chap who, I can't remember his name, Thomas Edison built light bulbs. I think it was anyway. He had a lot of goes at it, and <laughs> when he was asked, oh, what happened? He said, well, I didn't find, whatever, 250 failures. I found 250 ways how not to build a light bulb. <laughs> so with us not reacting to God in the way we feel we should, we can't look at that as a failure, because that's mentally, that's a negative for us, which will make us less confident. We need to look at it as, actually, that's not how I should have done it. I need to evaluate what I've done, pray to God about that, talk to God, and learn how not to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you. So, yeah, negative mindset and that healing, sorry, healing mentally, release from that. Yeah, no, there's a big work the Lord's mm. got to do amongst us. I think me too. I'm responding to that one as well. Lewis. Yeah, hope that made sense. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Morning. Um, the Lord was pushing me to uh, come here. And um, in the short time I'm living here and uh, coming to this church, um, the Lord was speaking about the vision that this church has from uh, the beginning, the last year we fulfilled the 40 years. And uh, when I was uh, looking at the papers at the corridor, uh, we all can appreciate that this church has been really um, with a big uh, purpose inside Crawley. And um, he told me as well that, you know, uh, there are spiritual problems. And, um, you know, we came when Steve uh, was already the new pastor. And um, uh, it's uh, his first first church that he's leading and obviously that not, it's not, not easy and um, the Lord showed me that as this church has a, really a big purpose that is still there um, probably before well the, the, the elders or the elders will confirm that, that before Steve came, there were problems and uh, some kind of divisive spirit uh, got into the, some members, you know, trying to pull uh, uh, the, 
the lead of the church to different uh, ways. And um, when Steve came, obviously the things uh, didn't get better. But it's not, you know, it's the time, I think, to beat this issue and the time to pray together and uh, the time to really, uh, yeah, what we are doing is a, a time that probably many of the people is struggling in different areas, but it's the good time to really got the skills that the Lord is giving to us to really have success yeah. with the purpose that yeah. he has for this church yeah. and with the, the leaders that uh, are now already there. And, um, you know, really working as a community, as a, in communion, and as uh, in John uh, 13, uh, 35, it said that we will be known uh, by the love we yeah, got yeah. Uh, one another. Yeah, and um, I think it's, it's a good time. I want to yeah, uh, put a light on uh, yeah, the things that we normally cannot see, but um, it's a time to fight in us um, to put ourselves under the leadership of the Lord and doing what is said yeah. in the Bible and the things are going to yeah. go pretty well. Yeah. God bless you. Yeah, thank you. Liz. Thank you. So we are going to pray. Um, just Sophie's got a word of knowledge as well for, for healing. Yeah, great. And then we're going to pray. I'm sorry we've gone five minutes over, but thank you for your patience. Oh, Jackie has too. Look at that. <laughs> I, don't know. Um, I was reminded of a, a story from Greek mythology, um, <laughs> which is about this titan, uh, basically a sort of a mortal bad guy um, called Atlas. And he is to be punished for all eternity. And his punishment is he has to stop the sky from touching the earth by literally holding up the weight of the sky forever. Um, and it's a genius punishment if you think about it because if the sky touches the earth, everything is destroyed, basically. So if he ever thinks, I can't do this anymore, I'm just going to give up, he will be the first to die. Um, so he just has to endure pain and weight and suffering forever. But I think the word today is some of us feel like we have to endure weight and pressure and everything going on. Because if we don't, the world will end and everything Everything is just going to, like, we put it all on ourselves. Mm. And the thing about this story is, it doesn't have to be Atlas who holds up the sky. Anyone can do it. It's just that nobody trusts him to let him go, <laughs> basically. So he just gets stuck with the job. But the, the picture I got with it was, I'm, I'm lying under a mountain and I'm thinking, I'm holding it up. I have to hold up this mountain, but I'm not. I'm just getting crushed by a mountain. And God sort of just lifts it up the edge and says, do you want to come out now? 
because he is strong enough to hold up the sky and we can just swap out any time he's there and he's waiting yeah we just need to trust him yeah okay thank you okay so listen i just want to finish in praying why don't you stand please thank you for being patient we're, we're learning together here church we had some specific words of knowledge for healing i'm just going to ask you the risk of another couple of minutes just to to pray with me and to take a prophetic step with me i'm going to open these doors and i think if if you're saying lord I, i'm not confident and i'm not competent but i'm going to be obedient to your call to fill me with your spirit and use me in here and out in the world then let's make our own set of revolving doors if you've been through them before or not jackie's just whispered that in my ear let's go around the doors again I'm just going to invite you to, sometimes we pray a prayer and we say amen, sometimes we lift our hands, sometimes we sing a song. I'm going to invite you this morning to walk out of this door and walk back in that door at the end as a, as a prophetic, physical response to the call of God on us to be the kind of church that positions ourselves for this sort of move of God. And then if you want some specific prayer, if you're responding to some of these words of knowledge for healing or some of the more internal stuff, please just come and find you guys who shared stuff. Please come and be down here. We'll just pray for one another. If you need to go get your kids or that sort of stuff, that's fine as well. So we've got no props here. No one's judging you if you stay in your seat. But if you want to play your part in this, let's just go for a little walk together through the revolving doors. Thank you, Jesus. Lord Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for your call on us. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you that you're shaping us into the kind of people in this sort of kingdom atmosphere. So we welcome you this morning. Fill us with your spirit. Would you see our desire for obedience, Lord? We trust you now to shape us and shape in us this kingdom work. Lord, we go outside this morning in confidence that you want to take this beautiful blessing of the Holy Spirit and spread it abroad to the men and women in our streets, in our workplaces, in our schools. We pray over our kids. Lord, we pray over our teenagers. In Jesus' name, as we walk this walk, Lord, we pray in time, we talk the talk. With the power of your Holy Spirit, we pray and agree together in Jesus' name. Amen.